Welcome everyone, this is Jason Lane with Dare to Share Ministries and we're excited that you're joining us this month for a very unique and special episode of Gospelize with Greg Steer. Uh, we're taking a break from the Gospelize Your Youth Ministry theme to really focus on the pandemic that we're living in and the impact that many of us are feeling being quarantined. Stay at home, safer at home, maybe the, the restrictions are easing, easing where you are, but Greg wanted to pause and, and take time to encourage each of you and your youth ministries and your families uh, during this season. And so looking forward for the message that Greg has for you. I, I want to let you know that this is one of many things we've been doing here at Dare to Share to address uh, the global health pandemic we're living in, what it means to be quarantined and stay at home. It means doing ministry differently. So we've been developing a lot of different resources under the campaign, You Can't Quarantine the Gospel. I'd encourage you to check out our website and find those resources. I also want to make sure that you're aware of the changes coming to Lead the Cause. You can check it out on our website, leadthecause.org. Uh, but in light of this summer and plans adjusting, uh, we've diverted from our in-person events in Chicago, Denver, and DC. And now we're bringing you Lead the Cause virtual, July 27th through 31st. So whether you're on stay-at-home orders and your teens are stuck in their room or in their home, or maybe you're someplace where you can gather as a youth group, or better yet, pull multiple youth groups in your community together. We've created a way, and we are creating a way, for you to experience Lead the Cause, our week-long summer intensive program that focuses on leadership development and evangelism training. Leadthecause.org, check out all the changes coming with Lead the Cause virtual. With that, it's my privilege to introduce Greg Steer. We're living in some strange times in the middle of this global pandemic. And I wanted to pause uh, with the Gospelize Your Youth Ministry podcast and really address uh, this pandemic and youth leaders. Because you may feel like, man, I have been locked down. I mean, I, I feel locked down. I'm technically a traveling evangelist, right? And so I've not been traveling and I'm just an evangelist and I'm stuck at home and I'm doing sermons for my living room and I'm driving my family insane and my family's going insane and you know exactly how I feel because uh, many places have moved from shelter uh, in place to kind of a, uh, safely at home to restrictions in public and essential businesses and face masks and we're all kind of going through it and trying to figure it out but one of the things that really struck me as I kind of was I've been spending time, rich time, in God's Word. I have devotions every day, but because of this lockdown, I've been able to spend more time uh, in the Word, in the mornings, and just really kind of marinating on God's truth. And one of the things that really hit me is that Jesus himself uh, was under quarantine, in, in a sense, a self-imposed quarantine for 40 days. And I googled Webster's Dictionary, uh, and it defines quarantine as a strict isolation imposed to prevent the spread of disease, a period, listen to this, originally 40 days of detention or isolation imposed upon ships, persons, animals, or plants on arrival to a port or a place when suspected of carrying some infectious or contagious disease. So back in the olden days, when a ship came to port and they thought, man, they, they may have some infectious disease, they literally kept it on lockdown for 40 days. And just thinking about Jesus for 40 days in the wilderness, a self-imposed quarantine where he came out on the other side stronger. So I want to talk to you about how Jesus 
kind of endured a 40-day quarantine and came out stronger. Now you, as a youth leader and your students, can endure this quarantine, whether it's, you know, um, shelter in place or safely at home or kind of limited access to the public. How do you come out stronger on the other end of this, personally, but also in your ministry? Jesus' uh, quarantine, a self-imposed quarantine, actually was ordered not by government, but by God the Father himself, uh, was in the Judean wilderness, most likely around the Wadi Kelt. And I've been to the Wadi Kelt. It's a long path that extends from Jericho to Jerusalem. And when you're in the wilderness part, it is true wilderness. And as you're walking down this path next to this steep cliff and you look at these hills all around you, you can't help but imagine Jesus wandering these hills and kind of how scary the place would be in the daylight, let alone at night. But Jesus was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And I want you to think of it because Dr. Dan Spader, uh, who's the founder of Sun Life, said he, he's convinced this was a time of prayer, planning, and preparing for the launch of Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, matter of fact, one of the gospels says after the 40 days was complete, because we tend to say, well, this was when Jesus was tempted. But one of the uh, gospels says after the 40 days was over, he was hungry. Then the devil came and tempted him. So it was during this time, I believe, before the temptation, Jesus was in a 40-day strategic planning session uh, with the Trinity, kind of preparing for the launch, the earthly launch of his ministry. And I want you to be thinking about this time as a time of prayer and planning and preparation for your soul. So let's go ahead and read the full story in Luke 4, 1 through 14, and we'll kind of break it down how it applies to us, how it applies to our teenagers. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He came out of this 40-day quarantine strong. My prayer is that you come out, and that I come out, and that we come out of this quarantine, however long it lasts, stronger than we went in, that our students come out stronger. So I believe we can learn some things from this text that will help us not just survive, but thrive as a result of this time. 
Number one, Jesus realized that God was in complete control. Jesus realized God was in complete control. Again, verse 1 and 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Led by the Spirit is the word that, that Luke uses. He uses the word led, which sounds like it's kind of, he's drawn by the Spirit. But Mark uses a different word. Mark 1.12 uses the phrase, sent by the Spirit. The Greek word for sent is an action word. Ekbalo, ek means out, balo means to cast or drive or throw. It literally means to drive out, to throw out. So Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, driven out into the wilderness. So God was in control. God wanted, God's Spirit pushed Jesus into this situation, and God is in control. God as well is in control of our situation. He's in control. I want you to realize this. He's control, in control of the situation. He's in control of the setting. For Jesus, the situation was being tempted by the devil. The setting was the wilderness. God was in charge, completely in charge. And I want you to understand this. God is in charge of this situation. God is in charge of this situation. I'm not saying he caused the pandemic, but I'm saying he uses this pandemic. He uses evil for good. Satan uses evil to create more evil. God uses it for good. I always remind my family in times of trial, God is God and God is good. His intentions toward us are always good. And God controls the situation. He also controls the timeline. It was for Jesus, it was for 40 days. I think about the uh, Spanish flu epidemic of 1918. It lasted two years. I mean, 50 to 100 million people died globally. Think about that. I mean, the coronavirus is very bad, but the Spanish flu was really, really, really bad. And the majority of those deaths took place in a three-month period. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. I mean, some people are ready to go and say, let's just go now. We're back to normal. But I think all of us down deep inside know that at least for the several, next several months, we're going to be impacted in some way by this. Again, Spanish uh, epidemic took two years for that to completely end the timeline. I just want you to know this. God is in control. Jesus knew that God was in control. Let's know God is not freaking out. He's seated on his throne. He's large and in charge. He's in complete control. So first of all, Jesus, Jesus realized God was in complete control. Secondly, Jesus resisted the relentless temptations of the devil. Now we know that his time in the wilderness was a time of temptation. And you may be thinking, well, you know, Satan just tempted uh, Jesus because that's what God wanted Satan to do. I want to tell you, I don't believe Satan is on this mindless path that he knows he's going to hell and he's just kind of walking through this whole pathway to kind of uh, just fulfill the will of God. Satan originally thought he could take Jesus out from his throne and got kicked out of heaven as a result. I think Jesus, I mean, Satan really thinks Jesus, uh, he can get Jesus to sin. So he tempts him. There's surface temptations. These are the obvious temptations that all of us know about. The surface temptations, first of all, cravings. 
He, he tells Jesus, hey, he's 40 days without food, you're hungry, tell these stones to become bread. I want you to imagine that, 40 days without food. I get, I get cranky, I get hangry after like four hours, right? Jesus, 40 days without food, Satan appears and said, I want you to turn these stones into olive garden breadsticks, right? Enjoy yourself, you know, just think about that temptation that he had. We have cravings as well that Satan tempts us with. You know, it could be, could be food. I mean, gluttony is a temptation. Man, I, I struggle with this. Man, late at night, I get, I get really hungry. And sometimes I just get up and I eat and I eat and I eat. Man, I, I realize, man, when I'm, when I'm just eat, overeating, that is a sin. Um, could be uh, alcohol. Maybe you're secretly addicted to that. It could be drugs. It could be uh, lust. Uh, it could be whatever, whatever those cravings that we have in our bodies that we give uh, ourselves into that we know that we're crossing a line. Uh, and, you know, we, we think, well, yeah, we struggle with that. Guess what? Our students are struggling with that as well. This, uh, Dr. Kara Powell uh, recently said that right now she believes this, this time of isolation with students stuck at home, uh, inter internet porn, is going to be such a temptation because it's so easily accessed now through smartphones and kids are bored. And so we need to know that cravings is an area that, that Satan will attack, not just us, but our students in. The second temptation uh, Satan attacked Jesus in was control. Uh, it, Luke 4 tells us the devil led uh, Jesus up to a high place, showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. He said, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Uh, if you worship me, it will all be yours. He's like, hey, I know there's a timeline in God's plan. I can, I can bypass. I can give you the shortcut keys to the kingdom. All you got to do is bow now and worship uh, me. And that's a temptation that we all have, uh, a temptation for control. Um, I don't know about you, but again, in this current situation, man, you just, we want to take back control. Uh, it feels like we're locked in place. The kind of government's got to shut down and we want to be able to exercise our rights as Americans and kind of go out there and, you know, we'll just, you know, do what we want to do. And it's, it's a temptation for control. It's a temptation for control when you're stuck at home with your family about who's in charge and all that stuff kind of going down. Our students have that same kind of challenge. You know, I have two teenagers at home. Talk about a battle for control. You know, and it is a challenge, and we need to understand it's a challenge for our teenagers as well. So cravings, control, and finally, crowds. Satan attacks uh, Jesus with the third and final surface temptation. He leads him to Jerusalem, has him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And according to many scholars, the southwest corner of the temple was called the pinnacle of the temple. And that's where Jesus was led to. It's probably where Satan tempted Jesus to jump off from. And I've seen this place. It's a frighteningly high point, 450 foot drop uh, to the ground below. And basically, Satan is tempting Jesus, jump, jump. Jump. Everybody here in Temple Square will see you jumping. Everybody by the temple in this big courtyard will see you jumping, and they'll see the angels fly down and set you softly on the ground. They'll know that you're the Messiah. What are the crowds thinking of you? And again, we tend to think of this as well. It's a temptation for us to give in to the crowds. It's a temptation for our students, how well they're liked on Instagram, how many followers that they have to compromise, to give in, 
to the crowds. I remember when I was a, I was a youth leader, we took our students to Glendo, Wyoming, uh, to Lone Tree Bible Camp, and there they had cliff jumping into Glendo Reservoir, and you could go from as little as uh, 40 feet to as high as 80 feet. And uh, I remember all the, all the camp counselors and youth leaders were jumping and jumping, and I remember all the kids looked at me, and I was the last one not to jump, and they were like, jump, jump jump, jump, and I got so caught up in it, I just started running toward that cliff, and I remember jumping and thinking, oh crap, I can't swim. I literally, I still can't swim. I cannot swim. Maybe you didn't know that. Was bad. I can't swim. I was like, this was a bad decision. I survived, all right, but I flailed my way to the shore. Uh, I gave in to that peer pressure, and so many, so many of our kids, man, are getting challenged to jump, jump, jump from the crowds to do whatever. So Satan is a master tempter, and he knows how to get us to jump. But these are all the surface temptations that, that Satan was attacking Jesus with, and these are the obvious temptations that Satan attacks us with. Those are surface temptations, but there's also a core temptation, and you'll see it attached to two of the three of these temptations that Jesus that Satan gives Jesus. He qualifies every statement by saying, if you are the son of God, then do this. If you are the son of God, then do this. He's attacking the identity of Jesus. How many times does Satan attack our identity? And again, I've sensed this personally. I'm a traveling evangelist who's not traveling. And if I wrap my personhood up in being a traveling evangelist instead of being a child of God, then I'm in trouble. So many times we do the same thing. Oz Guinness talks about our primary calling and our secondary calling. Our primary calling, he says, is that of being a child of God. Our secondary calling is whatever we're doing at that time for his glory. So we don't want to mix our primary and our secondary calling. You know, maybe Satan is attacking you by questioning your ability to provide for or protect your family during this time. Maybe you've lost your job or maybe you're, you're losing income. And maybe right now you're second guessing who you are. And, and they're not, the Satan's not saying if you are the son of God, but saying if you are a child of God, then why isn't God providing for you right now? Or whatever he's whispering in your ear. And that same thing he's whispering in your ear, he's whispering in your teenager's ears. Attacking their identity. Maybe they're evaluating themselves because they got more time to, to compare themselves on Instagram with other students and they, they don't like what they see. And maybe Satan's whispering in their, in their ears the same kind of thing. If you are a child of God. But Jesus knew who he was and whose he was. Because the chapter before Luke 4 where he's tempted, he's baptized and it says in Luke 3, 21 and 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. What's awesome about this is God affirms him before Jesus does anything in his earthly ministry. And I want you to know, before you do anything for God, you are affirmed because you are in Christ. Philippians 3.9, be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God is on the basis of faith. Be found in him. We are in Christ, right? And when we're placed in Christ, when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees what Jesus did on the cross. He sees the very righteousness of Christ. We are found in Christ, not having a righteousness of our own. So I got to ask you this question. First of all, if you know you are in Christ, do you really believe you're loved and accepted by God apart from anything you do in ministry? Because you are completely loved and accepted by him. When God looks at you, he can say, just like he said to Jesus, this is my child whom I love. With my child, I am well pleased because you are in Christ. The second question is this, do you know for sure you're in Christ? If you don't, listen, I just want to let you know, God, he loves you so much, he created you to be in a relationship with him. But our sins, they separate us from God. He's not pleased with us. Before we come to know Jesus, we're under God's wrath, according to John 3, 36. Those sins could never be removed by good deeds. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to the earth. He lived a perfect life we could never live. He died the death that we deserved. He paid the price for our sin. He rose from the dead. He offers eternal life to all those who simply trust in him. And you receive that eternal life, you're found in him. And this life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. You're forever sealed in him. If you've never put your faith in Christ, I challenge you to do that. And make sure your students have done that. But they're found in Christ. How did Jesus survive his quarantine and come out stronger? He realized God was in control. He resisted the relentless temptations of the devil. Thirdly, he relied fully on God's spirit and word at his times of weakness. Luke 4, 3, he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. So what happened? How did he endure this temptation? Well, number one, he was full of the spirit. And our students need to be full, learn what it means, and we need to learn what it means to be full of the Spirit. Uh, there's a great verse in Ephesians 5.18 that says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When you're full of wine, you're controlled by the alcohol. When you're full of the Spirit, you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. So many times I think we, we are jumper, jumper cable Christians. We come to... Uh, podcast, or we come to a church service online, or we come to whatever, and we hook up our jumper cables, and we get a jolt of encouragement, and then we leave, and we kind of we kind of wind down, or we go to God's Word in the morning, we get a jolt, and then we kind of just wind down throughout the day. But we need to stop being jumper cable Christians, and we need to think of the Spirit of God as an outlet in our soul. We just plug into Him and the steady current of the Spirit, but we need to remain plugged in all day. How do we do that? And moment by moment, in the words of Francis Schaeffer, the great philosopher, theologian, a moment by moment declaration of dependence on the Spirit of God. So learn to depend on Him. Walk in the Spirit. And then learn to master God's word. What did Jesus do? He answered every temptation with, it is written. And he would quote randomly from the Old Testament. And you may be thinking, well, he's the son of God. Let me just give you a little crash course here in Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human. He was fully God and fully human, but he lived 
fully as a man, fully dependent on God. In other words, he wasn't born with the Old Testament memorized. He had to go to synagogue school or whatever and learn verses like every other Jewish boy of his time. And he memorized them and he continued to memorize them and he was ready for the attacks of the devil because he had, he had many, believe me, had the whole Old Testament memorized. We don't know for sure, but he had massive amounts of the Old Testament memorized, ready to go. And it is a good reminder for us to be ready. If the Son of God took time to memorize scripture, then maybe we should as well. Why? Because when Satan attacks, we need to lift up the sword of the Spirit, according to Ephesians 6, 17, which is the Word of God. Guess what? There's two words for word in the Greek. One is logos and one is rhema. Logos is the written Word of God. This is logos, right? One is rhema. It's the spoken Word of God. In other words, memorized scripture that we speak in moments of temptation. The rhema word, the Spirit the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema word of God. Let me just sum it up. Are you memorizing scripture verses? Do you have any verses that you've memorized beyond John 3.16? Or John 11.35, Jesus wept, shortest verse. You can memorize that right now, just it's helpful. But beyond those, do you have any verses memorized? Listen, I want to challenge you to get on a verse memory program, get your kids on a verse memory program. It may sound old school, but let me tell you, Old school needs to become new school. There's a great app. Uh, it's called Versus. It costs like five bucks, but it is the best app. I've tried a, several different, seen several different, you know, apps for verse memorization. This, I believe, is the best. And it will really help you begin to memorize scripture, review scripture on a regular basis so you can be ready for the temptations of the devil. And so your students can be ready as well. What's the final key to Jesus coming out of the other side, quarantine, uh, quarantine stronger? He readied himself to advance the gospel effectively after the 40 days was over. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And we know after that, man, he was preaching the word. God used these 40 days in the wilderness to help Jesus learn obedience Hebrews 5, 7, and 8, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And some people say, well, that's just a garden of Gethsemane. I think it's his whole earthly ministry starting with this wilderness experience. He was fully God and fully human. I'll teach you a quick theological term, the hypostatic union. It literally means the combination of divine and human natures in the single person of Christ. He didn't have a sinful nature, but he had a divine nature and a human nature, and his human nature needed to learn obedience to the divine, right? And that's exactly what happened in the wilderness. That's exactly what happened in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane. That's what, exactly what happened during his uh, earthly ministry. And we too need to learn obedience this time of quarantine of limited access to the public, we need to learn obedience to the Father. We need to be dealing with those areas in our lives that do not please God. And then God unleashed Jesus to preach the gospel with passion and compassion. Luke 4, 14 and 15, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. Jesus came out of the wilderness, ready, on fire, preaching, 
the message. And here's the thing. I don't think we need to wait to preach the message. I, I don't know about you, but I've seen more neighbors in the last four weeks than I have the last four years. Everybody's out. Let me just tell you. You can share Christ from six feet away, right? And, and people are longing for connection. I was just looking through uh, this article um, uh, yesterday that was about how people that are normally doing these call, these mass calling for sales are struggling now because everybody wants to talk. Before you just hang up on the telemarketer. Now people are saying, hey, how are you doing? And they want to talk. There's a longing for a connection. It's a problem in the telemarketing world right now because they, they need to get to the next call and people won't let them off. I think people are so longing to talk right now. So we don't need to wait till this quarantine is over, right? We can start engaging people now safely, but let's engage. And by the way, boy, if you've not checked out the new uh, audio story, functionality on the Life in Six Words app, you need to do that. We've made the app pandemic proof. I don't have time to get into it right now. I encourage you to download it, mess around with it, get your kids on it. They can begin sharing the gospel right now through Audio Story. Uh, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal tool that we de specifically developed so that you could have a tool to use to share Christ while everybody's kind of on lockdown. Jesus came out of this stronger. My prayer is that you come out of this time stronger. That you are knowing God's in control. That you are resisting temptation every step of the way. That you're learning to walk in the power of the Spirit and you're mastering, you're sharpening that sword of the Lord. You're memorizing Scripture. And that you're ready to preach the gospel. That when this is over, you come out with a roar. You've been planning and preparing your youth ministry strategy. You've been gospelizing it. You've gone over those seven values. If you haven't watched those, man, go back to the last podcast. Get those values down and begin to implement those strategies. Begin to make that plan right now. Use this time under self-quarantine so that you can come out strong. And of course, I'm going to end this talk with a story about the Wolverine. But there's one of, the, one of my favorite uh, is X-Men Origins Wolverine. And there's a, there's a scene in there where he gets injected with this adamantium, which is an indestructible metal they discovered in a meteor that hit the earth. And what we find out who's the bad guy has a conversation with Logan before he's infused. He reminds him that during this time where he's underwater and these drills are going to be drilling all this adamantium into every one of his bones, right? Um, that it's going to be a time of pain. He says you'll suffer more pain than any human can endure. We're going to make you indestructible, but first we're going to have to destroy you. And he's like, bring it. He's under the water. They lower him in. Those drills go in under the water. They're all positioned like those little drill bits to infuse his body with these syringes full of adamantium. And, and they do exactly that. And as soon as they drill all over his body, into all of his bones, and begin to infuse that adamantium, you can see he's suffering. He's thrashing underneath the water. And they got to strap down. And, and his heart's beating faster and faster. And you can see from the x-rays that the adamantium's co coating every one of his bones, right? And all of a sudden, th those, those blades uh, appear. And he's, he's there. And, and he's got all this stuff. And, he's, and his heart is beating faster and faster. And finally, it stops. And he's still under the water. And they think that he's dead. 
But then you know what happens. His heart starts to beat again. And they, they decide they're going to just kill him. And just harvest his DNA. But he can hear him under the water. And those blades come out. And he stands up and roars. Rah! And then he just runs out of there. And eh, you have to see the movie to get the rest. But I love that scene. Because it's this time of immense pain. That leads to this time of immense strength. And a singular focus on justice. Jesus, 40 days of immense pain, immense strain, came out like the Wolverine, ready to preach the gospel. My prayer for you is that this time we'll do the same for you and do the same for your teens. Father, fill us with your spirit. May we be like, not the Wolverine, may we be like Jesus, ready to fight to win every last soul. May we come out of the other side of this stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, uh, Jason and Carrie and John all here from Dare to Share to bring you a unique version of our takeaways, tips, and tools. For those of you who are watching the podcast, you probably already picked up on, and those of you who are listening, you may not realize it, but we're recording takeaway tips and tools via Zoom uh, because we're still living in the midst of this pandemic uh, that Greg just talked about, how that's impacting ministry. And so John is at his home. Carrie and I are actually in different spots in the office so that we can Zoom record this. Our videographer, who would normally film us, is not in the office because we're having to have a rhythm of staff in the office and out of the office. And man, we don't know about you guys other than we do know that everybody is living in some kind of impacted state of life because of the pandemic, COVID-19, um, and stay-at-home orders and, and guidelines being eased and restrictions slowly, hopefully kind of going away, but we're still in this interesting season where life is not quite normal yet. So we're bringing you the takeaways, tips, and tools for the Gospelize Your Youth Ministry with Greg Steer podcast via Zoom because we just had to make do with what we had. And so here we are on Zoom. And uh, again, I mean, this, this very reality is exactly what Greg was talking about in his sermon, talking about Jesus being quarantined during those 40 days and, and how that served him for his ministry. And so we're all in this season in some measure of being quarantined. So let me start with Carrie. Carrie, what were your thoughts and impressions from, from Greg's sermon that he shared with us? Yeah, I think what really stood out to me, what I loved is just this different perspective of that time where Jesus was fasting and looking at it as sort of a imposed quarantine. And, um, you know, it kind of helped me, I think, with this time that we're kind of just coming out of a quarantine where you can look at it a little differently because like you pointed out that, you know, Jesus used that time to really pray and prepare and plan for, for this better thing that was coming up, right, for his ministry that was coming up and for um, just coming out of it stronger, just that urge that Greg gave us to, to really just use this opportunity to kind of strengthen our relationship with God and kind of really seek after him. It was really, really yeah. good to hear that perspective. Our quarantines aren't self-imposed, right? Federal government, state. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, where we live in the Denver metro, every city's got a different set of regulations. So you got to know one street to the next what you're allowed to do, right? But, but to your yeah. point, we're quarantined. And so how do we make the best of this and being intentional with it and not going, oh, woe is us. This has happened. It's okay. This, is, this has happened. So how do we leverage this? How does God want us to use this season to, to strengthen our youth, strengthen our walks with him? So, John, what do you got, brother? 
Well, not to mention being trapped in a Zoom room, right? I, mean, <laughs> I know our youth leaders can relate to that, you know, doing youth group online, most of which uh, using the Zoom platform. But yeah, I just love the whole concept too about, you know, Jesus was kind of in quarantine and then how he pointed out in Mark's gospel, uh, he was driven into that, the, to the desert, into that quarantine by the Spirit. And so, but he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee for the ministry that uh, that was awaiting. And so, yeah, just thinking about returning uh, in the power of the Spirit stronger and more fueled by the power of the Spirit and looking at this as, you know, you know Jesus was sinless. And so, yeah, he was driven by the Spirit and, and, and God used that to prepare him. He was... Uh, getting ready for his ministry, but, but I'm not sinless. And so I'm, you know, kind of driven into the wilderness and quarantine. And what does God want to drive out of me? It's kind of a big takeaway as I'm in this time and not life in the fast lane anymore, but life in the quarantine lane, right? And God's just peeling back those layers. And, and that's kind of been what I was sharing with, with different leaders and folks. What is it, you know, is God want to do some soul surgery? And so let's just let him do what he wants to do in this time. Uh, of quarantine with him. There you go. I love it. Life in the quarantine lane. That's a good word. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the self-imposed spirit drove him government's telling us we're quarantined. And so we want to come out stronger. And, and so I, I think it'd be really helpful. We, we have the opportunity here at Dare to Share that we are in touch with youth leaders all over the nation and even around the world to hear some of the things they're doing to make the most, most of this season and to do youth ministry as as best as they can. And sometimes the quarantine is actually driving creativity that may stay with their youth ministry far beyond the season because they are seeing a, a new level of fruitfulness as we engage this way. My personal encouragement to all of us, what I have found for me personally, uh, is really uh, I'm in a new rhythm because of the quarantine and that has impacted when and how I do my own quiet time. And so even finding my time with Jesus in the midst of it, I've had to retrain myself and reprioritize and re-engage that. So my encouragement to all of us, it, it, it may look different and that's okay. Uh, it, it's just not going to look like it did a month or two ago. And it's just the fact that we're finding that time to be with Jesus. And that's where it starts. We all need to be strengthened by the spirit. We need to be fueled by our relationship with Jesus. And as he does a work in each of us individually, then we will be able to minister to our students and serve our churches even better. So I just want to throw that reminder out to all of us. It looks different but we just need to figure out and embrace how that's going to look. Carrie, what are some things you're hearing? Or what are some ideas, tools, tips that you've got for our youth leaders of how to do youth ministry in the midst of a pandemic? Yeah, as you were talking, I was just reminded that um, there's some youth leaders I know that are in the midst of kind of online services and lack of kind of a separate Sunday time. They've given uh, questions to the families so that the families can kind of have their own little kind of study, if you will, together. And uh, it's, it's really a big win, I think, in terms of a long-term thing, even that, you know, that the families are being empowered to to know how to disciple and lead their own, own kids a little bit more, you know? It's pretty cool. Yes. Um, so to, to, you know, to be like, the way you would empower your small group leaders. Same yeah, thing. exactly. That's so great. Yeah. great. yeah, it's fun to see, for sure. And just, I think, overall, just like relationally connecting a little more in this time when students are just, you know, so confused and kind of bummed. And, um, and I think, like Greg was mentioning, like the Satan is kind of whispering in their ear. And so just really taking the time to, to really listen to students more than just talk to them at this point, I think is super important. Yeah, yeah we got to be intentional and be relational that even though we're seeing them through a screen, a one-off phone call, a message, a letter, mm -hmm. uh, that... Yeah. Personal communication in this season is good. You bet. John, what else do you have for us, brother? 
Yeah, well, I've heard so many great uh, ideas from youth leaders, but one that really stuck out to me is, is, well, first of all, we're in this digital age, right? And we're maximizing technology as much as we can right now to do youth group online. But there's this thing called snail mail, like where you actually mail a letter. <laughs> Who knew? Right? So it's kind of like the big thing now that some youth leader in particular, he was uh, letting us know that, you know, they've been playing some games online, but for the prize, been mailing out like a bag of Skittles as uh, to the winner and just it's become the highlight of their week. It's become like they're posting it on like doing selfies with the Skittles, I guess. Right. Like (laughs) I got something in the mail. And so obviously a student in quarantine receiving something in the mail, it's always fun to get something in the mail. And so just the fact that they're utilizing that, it's a great touch, right? Uh, Having to maximize all these different uh, social media and, and technology outlets, what a cool way to just kind of resort back to the old fashioned mail out. And so it's a big win. And if you haven't thought of that or tried it, I encourage it because your students are going to really eat it up. That's so good. That's great. One of the things at Derrickshire, we, we've really tried to stay on top of this and ahead of this because we, we've realized how significantly life's been impacted. Greg talked about it and I'll mention a little bit more about lead the cause virtual in a minute, but what are some practical tools uh, that we're trying to provide youth leaders in this season being aware of youth ministry just looks differently. And uh, I'm going to flip the order, John, I'm going to go to you first this time, John, what's, what's a tool, what's a practical way youth leaders can equip their kids for ministry in this season. I'll tell you, we've talked about the Life in Six Words app. It's been amazing, the the updates that's taken place since October, and then we added the languages. We talked about that on here before. Well, it's just cool how the the most recent update uh, is so so phenomenal. It's pandemic-proof. And so having the audio story feature uh, is a game-changer. And not just during a pandemic. I think it's going to be a game-changer moving forward. But right now, where it's obviously difficult to connect with, you know, students, we want to always mobilize teens and every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend is the constant focus. And so the audio story app is now when you go to your cost circle, uh, or actually when you go to start a conversation where you would normally just start in person swiping through the gospel, the G-O-S-P-E-L, now you can choose to send an audio story and then choose from your cost circle who you want that to be. And then... It literally just walks through uh, a different slide and you're, you know, personally recording your voice in like two minutes or less on each slide, sharing the gospel. And so what's so cool about it is that at the end of it, of course, you can listen to it, make sure you got how you want it prepackaged. And then you send this link uh, to a friend and your students can send this link to a friend and whoever receives the link does not have to have the app downloaded on their phone. It creates this link where they can see visually the gospel being spelled out before them and then hearing you or your student's voice uh, sharing the gospel personally, sharing their own story and then walking through the good news of Jesus. And so I've, I've been using it and kind of committed to this challenge of sharing the gospel uh, with trying with by God's grace once a day. And so, yeah, uh, you know, sending out audio stories. I've had some say yes to Jesus. I've had some who's are wrestling through that. I've discovered that some were already believers, but it's just been a great way to share the gospel in a pandemic. It's absolutely pandemic proof. And so the audio story, definitely a game changer through the life in six words app and sharing the gospel. So a, a faith sharing tool, game changer, Carrie, we've got a, a game changing tool from doing youth group week in and week out. Uh, what do you want to share with our youth leaders today? 
Yeah, we have a free curriculum called You Can't Quarantine a Gospel. And even though a lot of us are obviously kind of getting out of the official quarantine, um, we're still limited in a lot of ways. And this this curriculum is totally relevant still and really, really just, I think, a great tool and resource for youth leaders to, to use. They can use it virtually. It's, it's formatted in such a way that it works great over, you know, video platform and definitely would encourage you guys to check out three weeks of great free curriculum it includes videos and worksheets and it's really a great tool i'd love for for anybody to check it out there's a link below um the podcast so you can just click on that check and it just out clarify for any youth leaders who tuned out for just a moment you did say free like four times correct free. okay youth leaders we love free, so free. <laughs> curriculum <laughs> goes through the prayer care share and it is phenomenal uh as i mentioned before uh lead the cause uh we had to make some pivots within our organization to where we could no longer do the in-person lead the cause events in Chicago, Denver, and DC. Uh, but instead of folding up shop, we just said, let's let's figure out the creative way to still deliver the training and the resources, and let's still mobilize students across the country to share the gospel. Let's still mobilize youth leaders across the country uh, to train up and equip their youth groups uh, to, to transform their youth ministries and transform the communities they live in. So we are excited about Lead the Cause Virtual, July 27th through 31st of 2020. Uh, th this training is valued at $399 per person, but the, the max price is $89 this summer. And there's actually some discounted prices if you get on board early. Uh, so for the most recent or the current prices, go to leadthecause.org, get registered and check it out. Uh, but even at $89 per person for you and your students, uh, we're still going to send out the training notebooks. We're using online platforms to deliver the content. We're still bringing incredible outreach experiences for the prayer, care, share, and dare days. And so it is still the amazing uh, event and training that Lead the Cause brings to you, but we are ebbing and flowing and bobbing and weaving and bringing it to you virtually because regardless, pandemic or not, and what school years are going to look like, all of those things are our circumstances that we live in, but the mission of Jesus to go and make disciples, to proclaim the good news of his son Jesus hasn't changed. And so we really want you to be a part of Lead the Cause Virtual so that we can partner with you and your ministry to empower your students uh, to make a difference in their community so that every team everywhere will hear the gospel from a friend. On behalf of myself and John and Carrie and our fearless leader, Greg, thank you so much for tuning into this super unique podcast experience with Gospel Eyes with Greg Steer. We love that you guys join us. We will see you next month. Mm -hmm.